This is Real Ghost Stories Online. I am Tony Bruschi. Thank you for joining us. We are now making it to our official episode number 10. That's pretty cool. Yeah. We've uh, gotten a lot of support over the past uh, nine episodes, so I thank you so much for that, uh, for the kind words, for the ghost stories, for the encouragement uh, across the many platforms in which we send the show out every single week. YouTube, Stitcher, iTunes, thank you so much wherever you are listening to us. Uh, If you've not done so already, please subscribe to our show. That's what helps us grow this show. That's what helps uh, make this a better show, helps us get more stories, helps us get better interviews, helps us really just have the passion to do this show because I know you're out there. I know you're listening. I know you uh, enjoy it, and I certainly do enjoy uh, putting the show together. But those little bits of encouragement, those little comments that we get, the, uh, the sharing that we see being done out there in social media, that's what makes me go, all right. I'm going to do another episode. I'm having a lot of fun doing this. Let's get another one out there. Try to do it uh, as much on a weekly basis as we possibly can. So please subscribe. Please share. Please tell a friend that we exist. And uh, we're starting to see some uh, some of the residual uh, good juju, if you will, uh, from, from all that. Uh, on iTunes, we're getting up there. We're in the top 100 uh, for podcasts under the, uh, the sciences section. Uh, so that's awesome. And some people may argue that, uh, that that paranormal research is not a science, but it certainly is. It certainly is, and I uh, believe we're under the uh, the natural sciences area on uh, on iTunes. So, uh, on that specific section, once you break down even further, I think we're like in the 30s as of the point of this broadcast. So, let's try and get even higher. Let's. Uh, I'm, I'm going for number one. Let's go for the gold, right? <laughs> So thank you so much. Please share. Please uh, let everybody know uh, in your world about uh, the show if they're into this stuff. It's such a fun topic. It's such a fun show just to turn on at night. Uh, and, of course, if you're a listener to Ghost Stories, you're probably aware of the originator of, of doing this topic, Art Bell, uh, back on Coast to Coast AM years ago. I remember sitting in my my bed as a, uh, a teenager listening to, uh, to Ghost to Ghost AM uh, and ghost stories going to bed at night and it was always so much fun and I always thought you know, I want to do a show like that I've been in radio since I was 14 but I've, I've never solely focused on doing a show all about ghosts so that's what we're doing here with the advent of podcasting and the ability to just do whatever you want and really follow your passion, that's where this came about and I'm glad that we have other folks out there who are as passionate listening to the show as we are about making it. All right, uh, going uh, out to the callers, let's start that today. We have some great uh, stories lined up uh, from listener letters, and if you have a ghost story, please do share that with us. You can do that on our website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Uh, and, of course, uh, please uh, please do share uh, those stories. We may uh, broadcast them on a future episode. So that being said, we'll go to some of those listener letters here in just a few minutes. Uh, But first, let's go to a caller and get a real ghost story. Hi, you are on the air at Real Ghost Stories Online. We we, we moved into a home that was a little spooky to start with. We were, my husband and I were laying in bed one night and, and we had brought our newborn daughter into this home and the, the walls weren't real well insulated between the bedrooms. Mm-hmm. My two girls' bedroom was next to ours. We, uh, we heard our newborn daughter kind of start fussing and we heard her bottle fall out of the crib. You could just about hear its steps 
fall out of the crib, hit the wall, and hit the, the floor. Mm-hmm. She started crying. She started fussing. And we thought, okay, well, why we both got up, we don't, we still can't figure it out. But we both got up to go in and check on her. And it, it took us a few minutes by we by the time, you know, we got our robes on and our slippers. And by the time we got into their bedroom, she was tucked in. Now, you know, if, if you know a newborn, when they start fussing, they'll wiggle and squiggle and cry and fuss a little bit. By the time we got into their bedroom, the bottle was in her mouth, propped up to her mouth, and she was completely tucked in around her neck, and she was sound asleep again. From that day on, it seemed like whatever this was, was was protecting the kids, the girls. Your ghost was almost a live-in nanny. Yes, yes, it was. It, It was like it protected our girls. That's really interesting when you hear stories of that. Some people will tell you that all spirits, all ghosts, it's all evil, it's all from the dark side, it's all something bad, but how can that be true when you have documented stories of people living in homes for long periods of time and never having anything negative happen with the paranormal experiences other than that entity being a supporting factor, playing a supporting role in someone's life? Where is the negativity there? When there's only positive things going on, you know, you have to wonder, is that an angel then? Or is that simply someone who has passed on, whose energy is still on our plane and conscious and simply trying to do good, trying to do good as they they may have done as a as a living individual? I have to believe that when you pass on that the person you were in real life. If you were a positive person, if you were a good person, I would have to think that in the beyond, you would still maintain those qualities as an individual, as a ghost individual, if you will. And if you're a bad person, if you're an evil person, if you focused on the negative all the time and, and always tried to do bad you know, that, that's an all-consuming thing, and it's very easy to fall into. I'd have to imagine that in the afterlife, you're still stuck in that pit of negativity, and maybe that's where we get the negative entities out there. I also believe there's, there's that other realm of very negative, beyond human things. And we've heard those stories before, too, especially with the conjuring um, incidents uh, with, our, with our interview in an earlier a- episode, I believe episode two, two or three, I think we talked to the Andrea Perrin, who was one of the, the children who uh, in the real life conjuring experienced uh, what that movie portrayed. And that real story was much spookier than the movie itself. And that right there was something where they said this is entities that have never walked the face of this earth. Um, and it's just completely negative, dark, beyond what even a, a negative person would, would, would be. So you got to wonder, you know, there, or have to think rather, there are different levels of, of spirits out there, different types of spirits. It says there's different types of humans out there. The, the scary part is with the spirit world, you don't know what you're getting. Because sometimes you'll hear the stories of the negative ones beginning as positive roles, almost to trick you, and then suddenly it, it turns over into something not so not so positive at all. If you have a ghost story you'd like to share with us, please do so. Real Ghost Stories Online is our website. That's where you can share those ghost stories of yours. We may share them on a future episode. 
You can wish to remain anonymous, and we'll certainly respect those wishes. Or if you want to share your name, that is uh, that is fine as well. If you got pictures, videos, any of that, we love that too, and we'd love to share that. Uh, on a future episode here at Real Ghost Stories Online. And remember to uh, subscribe. Whatever platform you're listening to us on, iTunes, Stitcher, or YouTube, click that subscribe button. And also, please do share with your friends. Let us know about, let them know about the show. That's how people find us, by you advertising for us and letting them know. We uh, we do this really for free. There's no profit being made on the show yet. <laughs> I, I'm thinking at some point maybe we should explore that realm, though. Nothing too over the top, just a little support, you know, to, to kind of cover some of our costs of bandwidth and such. That would be uh, a nice thing. But let's get the show built up. Let's get let's get some following. Let's get let's get some you know some good shows under our belt before we try and uh, you know support it. I'll I'll bankroll it for now, <laughs> but hopefully down the road, maybe we can get a little little tinge of support if you enjoy the show uh if you have a ghost story like i said go to real ghost stories online share your ghost story there let's go to another caller and then we'll go to uh a a letter submitted to us hi you're on real ghost stories online go ahead okay i lived in a house that talk was 30 years ago mm-hmm. we kept hearing things and hearing things and things would move around and my kids were freaking out and an elderly neighbor down the street came and told us that during the late 1800s the house had been a boarding house mm-hmm. and an older man had been smoking in bed and him and a lady that lived there burn up in the upstairs yeah. so I really believe it what was the, the strangest thing that you can remember that ever happened to you there I would lay my keys on this buffet like thing that was built into the wall mm-hmm. and they would disappear and one day I was actually crying and we started calling the ghost Oliver and I cried and I said Oliver I have to pick my kids up from school please quit and my older son came walking out and said mom your keys are here on the buffet I swear it was creepy I had books flying telephones flying off the wall and everything for about a month and we just kind of adopted him I guess and he adopted us I told him I said we don't have any place else to go right now you're gonna have to put up with us completely otherwise normal individuals with stories that cannot be explained that's what this show is all about thank you so much for that call if you have a real ghost story to share with us please do so at real ghost stories online I read one of the comments on youtube the other day and it was just someone saying thank you for for doing a show like this where it's uh, about real ghost stories there's no hype to it you're not adding you know, extra sound effects. I mean, we had music. That's about it. That's what I said. We had music because it kind of helps set the mood. But you're not overdoing it and then pausing and then going back and then replaying things that really aren't there. And, and, and you know, as what you see in a lot of uh, television ghost stories. You know, we just we want to present the stories in the own word in, the, in their own words of the people who experience them. That's what we're trying to do here on this show, without the extra hype. And then, of course, discuss them, kind of dissect it a bit, but not go over the top and make something out of out of nothing being there. It's stories that are just standing on the merit of the individuals sharing them. If you have a ghost story, please do share that with us at realghoststoriesonline.com. 
realghoststoriesonline.com. You click on the share your story button uh, and you can email that to us right there. And also, of course, you can view past episodes, past interviews, interesting stuff on there. Folks involved with The Real Conjuring, that movie that came out last year, the the true story, you can hear that. Uh, And a very interesting story behind a great documentary that came out last year called My Amityville Horror, horror, uh, which uh, is dissecting into the world of what the children uh, who experienced the Amityville horror are now saying uh, as adults. Check that all out along with more ghost stories, your stories, at realghoststoriesonline.com. And of course, subscribe, share the show. That's what fuels it. Let's go to a listener uh, su- submitted story. This comes to us from Naveen. He writes it, My name is Naveen, and I'd like to share my personal paranormal experience in the apartment where I stayed with my wife and two-year-old son. Friends, this is not just a story, but a real experience. It was 2011 that we moved into the apartment, and on the very first day, my wife woke up screaming from sleep at around 2 a.m., saying she saw someone standing near the bedroom door. I just rubbished her, saying this might happen in any new place. After this incident, one or two such incidents kept happening. And whenever my wife said something about this, I used to either make fun of her or try to convince her, saying, these are all mere misconceptions. She often told me incidents like lights getting switched off themselves. TV channels automatically changed. Though I believe in paranormal presence, I did not want to show that, as she might get more panicked. It was during my time my kids started walking and it was during the same period where I myself got the, you know what, scared out of me and understood what really was going on in the house. Since he is our only son, he used to play alone with his toys, but only then we slowly realized and noticed that he is not playing alone. We could see him playing and showing his toys as if there was another person with him. Also, we noticed that our son often played at one particular place. That place was where my wife claimed she saw someone standing on the very first day of us moving into this apartment. I felt a shiver run down my spine. On the same evening around 5 p.m., my son was there in the bathroom, playing in the tub. We remember that the lights were kept on, but after some time, when my wife went to have a check, she was stunned to see the lights were off. My son, who seemed like playing with someone, until suddenly he stopped and gave a wry smile while looking at my wife. On hearing my wife scream, I immediately rushed to the place and took my son out of the bathroom. We immediately came out of the apartments and went to a nearby mosque to seek some help from the priest or the imam. He told us that there's a ghostly presence in the apartment and that we should not stay there any longer. He also said that sometimes the ghostly figure looks like me and sometimes like my wife. And that's the reason my son was not scared at all. He said most of the incidents that we had actually experienced, though we didn't tell him anything in detail. For the next 10 days, we didn't get into the apartment and managed to stay at one of my friend's house, and we finally vacated the flat three months before our tenancy contract got expired. 
Now we moved into a new apartment and by God's grace, we didn't experience any such incidents, though the past spooky moments haunt us at times. That's very creepy. Can you imagine being a parent and then being told by your religious leader that the spirits or the entities that are being seen in the home by your child look exactly like you? That would be confusing to a child. Especially if you have no control and have no idea what that other you is saying or doing with your child. That's a concept I've, I've never heard in a ghost story before. But the spirit itself is looking like you, representing your image to your child. That, that right there sounds like one of those that we talked about earlier, where it's something that really never actually walked the earth. It wasn't an angel hanging out with your child, or a spirit that was a positive individual in life, or even a negative individual in life. That's something that is trying to do a lot more harm than good. That's where it gets scary. That's where, when you do have a haunting, and you do have something unexplained going on, there's so many possibilities and roads that you can go down and wonder, what is this? Is this simply someone who's trying to be a positive influence, or is this something else entirely? If you have a real ghost story, we'd love to hear it. Share it with us through our website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Please be sure to subscribe to our show as well. You click that subscribe button on YouTube, on Stitcher, or on YouTube, and leave us a comment. Let us know you like the show if you like it. If you hate it, hey, that's fine. Tell us what we can do better. We're always looking to improve the show and make it what you want. Let's go to another caller, then we'll go to another real ghost story that was submitted to us through our website. Hi, you're on the air. I used to live in a really, really old house on North Market mm-hmm. that had one of those real small, small um, servant stairways. Okay. And it would always get cold at a certain time of the night. And one day I was going up to the attic to get something, and there was a person standing up there. A person standing at the top of the stairway or in the attic? Yeah. Could you make out what the person was wearing or what the person looked like? She looked like a slave. How so? Like, describe what you saw. She she was a person. She had her hair back in a bandana. And she her, her face was tinted black. I did do some research on the house, and it ended that one of the servants had fallen down the stairs. And died? And died. On the very same stairwell that you saw yes, this woman? Yes, the servant stairs. Yeah, because we had one huge staircase. Mm-hmm. But then there was one off the kitchen or the pantry, whatever you want to call it, that was like real, real narrow. That mm-hmm. went the length, I mean, the full length of the house mm-hmm. from the top to the bottom. Wow, very interesting. When you hear stories like that, you almost wonder what exactly is that, especially when they're in the same area where they they would have passed away at. Why are they still in that exact same area if they're... It makes you wonder, doesn't it? Yeah. It almost adds a whole other category. To what we were talking about earlier with the ghosts and spirits and what exactly are they? You hear those stories of simply a presence repeating the steps that it took in life over and over and over again. Is that a conscious 
entity when that's what is being observed? Or is that simply residual energy that somehow some are picking up on and some are not? Or it's making it visible to some? I think that's, that's why we do this show. Because we don't know the answers to these questions. And I don't know that hearing more stories will ever give us the answer. It almost brings up more questions. But that's what makes it fun. That's why, that's why I love doing this. That's why I love hearing these stories. And probably why you're listening. Because it's just such an interesting topic to explore. No matter what your views are on religion or the afterlife... You can't deny there's something going on out there. But what is it that's going on? If you have a real ghost story, please share it with us on our website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Subscribe to the show, please, so you don't miss any other episodes. You just press that subscribe button on YouTube, on iTunes, or on Stitcher. We're on all of them. So whatever platform you like, if you like to listen on your mobile device, that's always fun. Because you can, you can take it in the car, you can take it anywhere and have the, uh, the stories with you. Just subscribe and they go right to your phone as soon as we put new ones up. Please do subscribe and share. Share with us your ghost stories and share the show with your friends. Let them know that we exist. Tell them, hey, I found this new show. This is really fun. I enjoy listening to it. You may like it too. That's what helps this show grow. So we really do appreciate your support. And those of you who are already doing that, thank you so much. I can't tell you how much we appreciate that and seeing the show grow over time and hit those rankings higher on iTunes and more and more people finding it. We love doing it, and I hope you uh, really do love hearing our show every single week here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's now go to another story that was written, uh, written into us. This comes to us from Alexandria. Alexandria writes, it was 1971 and I was about three years old. My family and I were living on Park Drive in Dale City, City, California. It was just my father, mother, and my older sister and I. I remember when we got the news that my mother's youngest brother was in the army and was shot in the back of his head near his barracks. My Uncle Johnny had passed. In the meantime, my mother started noticing weird things occurring in our house. I also started noticing weird things myself. One day my mother was home and my father was at work in the city. She was cleaning the house and cooking when she noticed a figure of what it looked like a teenage male in a tuxedo combing his hair in our hallway mirror. What was creepy about that was the only thing visible was the tux. Other than that, she saw nothing but movements of him combing his hair as if he was headed to a prom. My mother thought my father was home, but when she took a second glance, there was no one there. So she panicked, yelled for my sister, and I to follow her outside and wait for my father to come home from work. Another day had gone by, and another incident occurs while my mother, sister, and I are home. Once again, my mother witnesses the same apparition combing his hair again, only this time she saw him in our closet door mirror. The kind of mirrors my father had put up were the kind that had designs on it. The mirror was full body length, and what my mother saw that day absolutely terrified her. 
she saw a full-figure male in a white tuxedo with a red rose in his pocket, and she clearly saw that it wasn't my father being home. Once again, he was combing his hair, so my mother took us back outside to wait for my father on the steps till he got home. After a while, that apparition had seemed to stop. A month or so had passed when I started noticing weird things happening in our house as well. One night, my mother was cooking dinner when my sister and I were playing in our room. We had a bulk bed at that time. I was three years old and she was four. I remember my sister playing with her life-size doll that always gave me the creeps. Anyway, it was almost time for dinner when my mother yelled for us to wash up. I recall my sister leaving her doll on the top of the bed, which was the upper bunk. I was too small to be on top, so I had the bottom. When we finally sat at the dinner table, I noticed my sister's doll sitting on top of my parents' bed. See, my parents' bed is right down the hall, and when I had to use a restroom, that's when I noticed her staring right at me. I immediately ran back to the table and told my sister and parents that her doll is in their room, but my sister thought I was lying. She thought I put her there. But what she seemed to forget was that I was too small to climb up the ladder to the upper bunk, let alone carry her life-size doll down with me. After that evening, I hated that doll being in the same room and house as us. It always had a sense of it as being evil. Then, as the days gone by, my mother told us that my cousin Johnny was going to come live with us because... He had no one to take care of him since my uncle passed. Plus, we had a pup named Elfie my grandfather gave my sister on her birthday. So my mother thought it would be a good idea if Mickey stayed with us. Everything was fine when he arrived, but after a couple days, I had gone to the garage to grab some toys when I noticed that Elfie was growling at a dark corner by a hollow wall, or come to find out Mickey was hiding. Soon after, Mickey started growling and barking angrily at me, so I ran to tell my family, and we all rushed downstairs into the garage. My mother started calling out for Mickey as soon as he'd heard her voice. He came out of the dark, growling and barking and rabid. His mouth had saliva drooling on the side of his eyes, were somewhat reddish-brown. He seemed possessed and wanted to hurt us all. So my parents called the Humane Society and they had the SPCA come down and check him out. When they arrived, Mickey was more rabid than he had been earlier. He started convulsing and shaking as if he didn't know where he was or who we all were. All I remember from that day was that my father and my sister and I upstairs, and a few hours later my mother came and told us that Mickey had died. It was as if his life was taken by something. Later that night, my mother told us not to be scared and that it was my Uncle Johnny that wanted his dog back, and that's why Mickey got sick. We left it at that. A few months after that, I remember I was playing in my room by myself, and I remember something inside me telling me to open my closet door, so I did. When I looked inside, I remember seeing my Uncle Johnny standing in there wanting to speak to me. He bent down and whispered to me, telling me to watch over my sister and my mother and to be a good girl. I nodded my head okay as he kissed my cheek and told me he loved me. I returned 
and I love you too, to my uncle, and closed the door. After that, I ran to my mother and told her that I had just seen and spoken to Uncle Johnny in the bedroom closet. She asked me what I was talking about, and I told her that I just spoke with my Uncle Johnny and what he had told me. My mother was furious with me and told me to stop lying. I actually got a whipping that night. Apparently, my mother was freaking out because she knew our house was already haunted and that I inherited her and my grandmother's gift of sight. So not too long after that, my mother wanted to move somewhere else, start fresh. So my father agreed, and we found a new home to live in. Ghost-free. The only problem was that my sister brought her evil life-size doll with her to the new house. And by the time I was six years old, I knew more and more about my gift, and something inside me told me to get rid of that doll. So one day, my father had planned to gather up stuff we didn't need anymore and take it to the dump yard. I then had an idea to take my sister's doll and place it in my father's old army locker. I then proceeded to take my father's chains for fishing and wrap it around the locker until it reached the front. Then I found an old padlock, locked the chains together, and kept it that way. The next day, my father took all the junk, including this old armory locker, and my sister's doll was never seen again. As for the house we moved out of in Daly City, California, it still remains uncleansed. Thank you for writing in that story. We really do appreciate that, Alexandria sending that into us. If you have a real ghost story, you can share it with us on our website, realghoststoriesonline.com. That is the place to send your real ghost stories. Remember to subscribe to our show at realghoststoriesonline.com or subscribe through YouTube, Stitcher, iTunes, wherever you're listening to us. Hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any future shows that we put out. We've got a lot of great ones coming up, some very exciting interviews as well. If you have an idea or a suggestion for the show, also do submit that to us through our website at realghoststoriesonline.com and be sure to tell a friend. We do appreciate that very much. One more ghost story written into us before we wrap up today's show. This comes to us from Chris. Chris writes in, My friend and I were in a church basement and we were 10 and 8 years old playing with toys. I'll just stop there for a second. You ever been in a church basement? There were some as a child I remember going into that were very dark and just strange. Kind of mysterious. Lots of dark corners. Lots of weirdness. And then there were some that were very warm and welcoming and you felt safe. You really depended on the church though almost and the attitude of the people in it. That's kind of how I felt. I remember as a child there was one church I went into. This is my me speaking. This is not the letter. I'll go back to the letter in a second. But I remember one I was going into and the church was not filled with very nice people for a lack of a better term. And that church basement was always just scary. No other reason for it. I, I don't know why. It was just kind of dark, kind of spooky, kind of empty feeling and the people at that church also kind of had that feeling to them then we moved on to another one when I was a child and that one it was a warm inviting you wanted to go down there you felt welcome it almost made you feel like there was something else going on at that church (laughs) 
<laughs> wonder, how was the basement involved? Anyway, let's go back to that letter. I apologize for interrupting. My friend and I were in a church basement when we were 10 and 8 years old, playing with toys. This is Chris's letter. We saw five to six men go into the bathroom. And when 20 minutes passed, I went to check out what was going on. When I opened up the men's bathroom door, the lights were off. But the strange thing is one guy turned the light on while holding the door for the other guys. I asked my friend, did we just see the guy who turned the light on? And and he said yes. I turned the light on and there was no one in the men's bathroom. I even checked all the stalls and saw absolutely nothing there. There's one very small window, but it's above the last stall, and it's too small for five to six grown men to go through. During the whole time, the hairs on my arms were sticking up. The strange part was I felt someone watching me, even though there was no one there. My friend came in to see why I was taking so long, and I told her there's no one here, although I feel someone is watching us. We decided to go back and play. Before we did, I asked my friend to watch me turn off the lights so I can make sense on what's going on. We started to play, and 15 minutes later, one guy opens the door, and the other guys come out and turn the lights off. They were walking by, they gave us dirty looks, and they disappeared. And I asked her, did I turn off the lights? She said I did. Next time, we were there. We saw a priest from the waist up and told us the guys we saw were trying to scare us. The priest told me how brave I was and disappeared. After the priest disappeared, I said, Did you see him from the waist up? And she said, Yes. The priest had nothing from the waist down. We never returned to that church basement. That's a creepy story, and it just—it's it, kind of uh, reminiscent of some of the church basements I remember playing in as a child. Never saw anything like that, but I think in the back of my mind, I wouldn't have been surprised had something like that occurred. You almost felt like there was someone else watching you down there. There's something else there. I wonder why that is. If you have a real ghost story, share it with us on our website, realghoststoriesonline.com. And please subscribe. You click that subscribe button on YouTube, Stitcher, or iTunes so you don't miss any future shows. And please tell a friend about the show. That's what makes this show grow. That's what gets us a bigger audience. That's what helps make this show better. We can more ghost stories that way. We can get some better interviews that way. And overall, everybody wins. It just becomes a better better show that we can put out there for you every single week thank you so much for joining us this week i really truly do appreciate it and appreciate uh, you supporting the show uh, every single week so thank you so much for listening to wrap up episode number 10 i'm tony bruschi for real ghost stories online thank you for listening